The thing I will say is uh, my belief is today in 2023, 2024, if you as a leader, a team leader, a department head, a C-suite, whatever, if you are not a high touch person, if you, if you do not have the capability of reaching out and saying, Hey, how are you? I'd love to get 15 minutes with you texting someone. Hey, how are you? Just thinking about you catch up with me. Then I don't know what your work life is going to be like. The idea of job security is outdated as a landline. If you haven't been in a search for a while, it's probable you will at some point by choice or not. Most executives admit to staying way too long or sense what's coming and justify staying anyway. Here, there's another reason. The faulty belief that navigating to what's next will inevitably be worse and has to suck. Screw that. Lauren Greif has spent a lifetime in corporate and executive search, calling bullshit on stale career advice that most still use. This is Career Blast in a Half the career podcast for executives ready to cut past outdated career advice to fuel your outcomes now. So let's go. Hey there, and welcome to Career Blast and a Half. I'm your host, Lauren Greif, and I could not be more excited. My heart is actually like exploding because we have a really special guest and Claude Silver is here. And what you need to know about Claude is this business of heart is something that she deals with every single day. In fact, she oversees roughly about 1,200 hearts on a daily basis. So I don't know about you, unless you're a cardiologist, you probably are not encountering that many hearts in one single day. And as the chief of heart for Vayner X Media, she's described her role not as a job, but the exquisite dirty work of being human. Welcome to the show, Claude Silver. Thank you so much. And like Thank I you. said, my heart is exploding Yay. because of all that you do for the world of work. Thank you so much for having me, Lauren. I really appreciate it. Thank you. So this exquisite work that you're doing, all right, like, I just want to get real with you for a minute, because most companies are not exactly aiming to do more dirty work when it comes to building their culture or increasing productivity or new business or revenue. So as a public service announcement, what are they missing? Why, why should they get into the business of some human yeah, dirty work? I mean, because people are everything. People are running the business. People are making the deals. People are giving you longevity. People are giving you innovation. People are creating the culture in their own hearts and minds. So the more time you spend with people and the more you can scale the goodness of the culture and remove fear from the system, the better the organization's gonna be, the more full, the more collaborative, certainly friendly, and I would hope kind. And that's why we want to get involved with people. And I say exquisite mess because it's the truth. We all, we all have our messiness to us. And Lord knows we start work, we start our day hours before we even go online or go to the office. 
And, you know, we've taken the dog out. Our kids have the flu. We got into a fight with our spouse. I don't know, all kinds of things. We got engaged the day before, who knows? So we want to be able to look at each and every person as like the whole enchilada rather than just the eight to nine hours we have that person. I'm all in with you. And I got to say, there's a lot of lip service that goes around in this department. Not necessarily, I'm not pointing any fingers. Hey, you, Claude, you know, you're not delivering. But a lot of companies say that, right? They say that they care. They say that they're empathetic leaders. They say we want the whole person to come to work. And then it doesn't show up. Like that lip service becomes a lie or it becomes a lack of integrity. And my question around that is, if you are somebody who is looking at your next opportunity and trying to suss out even from the onset, way before you ever start interviewing, like, is this a company that would care? Is this a company that has values and I can really see that they're living it, breathing it the way that you do, what might be one of the top, you know, telltale signs that they either are living it or that they're not? Yeah. I love that question. And there are a few signs. One, I think, how often do you have all company, all hands? Like how often does your CEO or whoever is in charge greet the entire organization how often do you have Q&A? That's really important. And do you feel like you're getting the real deal from that Q&A? Are you getting transparent communication? How often? That's really, really important. You want to know because there's a real difference between fact and story. And when we don't know the facts, we make up stories and stories turn into gossip and cynicism and all kinds of junk rather than just the facts. You know, stories, we put so much emotion behind stories. Facts, it's the fact. You can still feel any which way you want, but you can't, you can't disturb the fact. So that's a big, big part. How often are you hearing from the leaders or the leadership of this company? Do they do Q&A? Big time. I would also say, you know, do you have values? Do you have values and are these known? How do you orient, you know, how do you do orientation? with new joiners? Is it, do you put them into a closet and have them watch a video for 45 minutes? Do you have a day with them? Do you have, like, we have a three-day orientation process for everyone. How are you, how are you bringing people into your world and then onboarding them? Do they have uh, uh, manager check-ins? Just stuff like that. You know, everything I'm talking about is around connection. Mm -hmm. It's all connection. How often am I going to be able to connect with the people in charge? How often am I going to connect with the person that gives me my review? How, you know, that's what we want. And uh, everyone deserves to get that information beforehand. I'm really glad that you said that because people, in, in fact, our mutual friend, David, used to refer to me as a super connector. And I, I was like, oh, David, like, you're just so, so full of it, right? Like, like everybody's a super connector. And he's like, no, they aren't. And so in our work life where we have those built-in connections, we're also connected to something else outside of work. In your case, 
your North Stars and what has been part of your connectedness has been your person, your Nana, who passed away when she was 101. Go, Nana. And your other North Stars are your kids. So how does that connectedness from the outside world impact your leadership and maybe somebody else's leadership within the organization? Yeah, I mean, Nana taught me everything I know and, and, and things I don't even know when it comes to emotional intelligence and how to treat people, you know, how to leave people. Um, that, that's the end all be all is how you make someone feel. And I'm so fortunate that I had so long with her. And that's a big part of what I do every single day. You know, how am I showing up in each and every room? How do people expect or want me to show up in each and every room? Am I bringing out the best in them? Am I walking into the room with my hand and my phone and my, you know, looking mm-hmm. down? You know, how, how am I making someone feel? And I, only Claude has the power to do that for Claude. Right. I can't do it for anyone else. And my kids, of course, I mean, I, you know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a later stage mom, which is the best. Actually, I'm much better at being a mom now in my early fifties than I was, than I would have been, I think in my thirties. Um, and they, they absolutely ground me because they are what's pure for me. They are, you know, they're young, two and a half and five years old. There's, there's so much imaginary play, so much creativity, so much dreaming, so much, just anything is possible. And I want to take the anything is possible into the workplace every day because pretty much anything is possible. Mm. And there are solutions to pretty much everything with the exception of someone's health. But everything mm. else within these four walls, we can figure out together. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the work that we do at Portfolio Rocket and with a lot of the executives is tapping into why are you here at all? Why are you, what is, what is the purpose of what you're doing? And so is there a way, did, did they just land as your North Star? Did you have a North Star before they were around? Like, what would you say to somebody that may be feeling disconnected because there's a lot of noise going on in, in the world and how do they replant or, or resource, not resource, resource their North star when they are feeling disconnected? Yeah. You know, right. What did I do before I had the kids? Well, I still had Nana and I still had my own beliefs um, of how I wanted to show up every single day. And I've been pretty I've been pretty firm on those for a long time. I am a natural cheerleader. I am a natural player. I am a natural coach. I'm a put me in person. And that's just who I happen to be. So I'm always going to be up for something. And I like that. I, one of the things I love about Vayner, as a matter of fact, is when you walk in the door here, you can feel the energy. You can feel the momentum that we're going someplace and that's exciting mm. to me. And I, ha- I have to imagine it's exciting to almost 2000 people or else why would you be here? You know, we were doing something. We are making moves. We are going places. We are disrupting marketing and advertising as you know it today. Cool. That's amazing. So with everything else that's going on in the world and to answer your question, I think the first and foremost thing is like, you can't do it alone. We're not mm. supposed to be in isolation. 
you know, we are wired to connect to one another. And so if you have lost your North star or your rudder, then work with someone to get it back. It's very difficult to do that type of self work on yourself when you are flailing in the wind, you need oh. an anchor. Mm-hmm. That's what I would I, say. It's, it is, I think that that's, by far and away, the most difficult part of their entire journey is, yeah. is getting them distilling that down. Yes. One of the things that Gary talked about recently in a YouTube video that I was watching and fascinated by is that we are now in the era of emotional intelligence, right? That our skills and our resumes, like commodity, right? We, we have, at this point in our world, the ability to impact on such a different level because we're done with the factory era. Like, that's gone. Yes. And so part of my question to you is, okay, here you are. You're meeting a million people. You're, you're, you're in meetings all the time. You're hiring. You're probably, you know, like every organization, having to let people go. How do you sniff out inte- emotional intelligence? How, because this is one of those areas, and it just gets so crazy about this. Oh, it's a soft skill. It's a soft skill. Yeah. Not really, Not number really. one. And <laughs> because it often isn't on your resume, how do you demonstrate that to the point where it's notable and a leader will say, ooh, that that person keen that person has keen emotional intelligence how do you yeah. how do you reconcile that well you ask open ended questions that's the first thing tell me a time when you failed tell me a time when you received terrible feedback but you had to go with it tell me a time when you made a mistake tell me a time when you made the bad hire or when you had to terminate someone and you fumbled your words like let me hear your humanity. Let me hear your vulnerability. Let me hear who you are because God knows going back to the exquisite mess, we're all fumbling. And in this day and time when the world is where it is right now, we're all fumbling. There is no right. There is no wrong. I have no idea. So I think staying true to look, I'm not the smartest person in the world. I'm certainly not the smartest person in the room. Tell me something. Teach me, teach me. And sometimes I'll say to people in an interview, depending on, on, the, on the level that I'm interviewing, it's like blank canvas. You do not need to make another dime in your life. Mm. What is this blank canvas? What are you gonna create on it for the next 60 years of your life, 50 years of your life? What do you want? And if they all of a sudden like start painting me the job, I'm like, no, you gotta be, kidding. You want to go to Fiji, right? Don't you want to go live and swim with dolphins in Bora Bora? Yeah, I do. I mean, don't you want to go climb some mountain? Yeah, I do. Let's get real. So I ask questions that are very, you know, human focused. And I'd love when I can hear a little human humility in that or a little modesty in that. And I look for people that are also talking about the we, not the I. Mm-hmm. So I think that what you're 
advocating for in terms of the humility and humanity is also in conflict with a lot of what people go into interviews expecting to share, right? You want to look professional. You want to have it all buttoned up. And whether it's at Vayner or whether it's at some other place, I think that there's a little bit of a tightrope between how much vulnerability you can really bring out and how much you need to show up as, you know, the, the desirable hire. Where, yeah. How do you balance those two things if you're that person, right? And you want to make sure that you're not blowing it, but you also don't want to be stiff, yeah, so let's look. Let's look at this as an example, which, which I think is really uh, what speaks to what's going on today. How about the person that you've hired, and five months later they come to you and they say, you know, I have ADHD, and that's why I'm not doing my job well. That's why I can't concentrate. That's why there's mistakes everywhere. Okay, we can deal with that. What would it be like? to share that in an interview process and to not be judged and mm. to actually say, you know what? I struggle with ADHD. I have tools and tricks. Just wondering, do you have any tools and tricks too? Or do you do anything for people that are neurodiverse in your company? Boom. That would be great. Now, my hope and prayer that is that someone would not be judged in that, uh, in that forum you and I know that that's going to be, you know, 50, 50, depending on who's in that room. But that to me is like, a, would be a beautiful conversation because then I'm not on my back foot in five months being mm -hmm. like, Whoa, okay, let's see here. What do we got to do here? Your manager already thinks this, your teammates are already thinking this, like there's a bit of a mess we have to clean up here, which is okay but just a little bit of the transparency. And like I say, that's a big one, but it is something I hear on a daily basis now from our employees and beyond, which is people are struggling with ADHD or executive functioning or other things that are certainly in the zeitgeist and they were hidden behind therapist doors for so long. Mm -hmm. And now they're here. Mm -hmm. So what are you gonna do? Can't, can't just fire someone because they have ADHD, that's not right. You can't just fire someone because they have curly hair, that's not right. So the, it's a very different time, and a, I believe a time in which requires us to be more vulnerable, all of us leaders to be more vulnerable, and to just be like with the world here. Like, it's there's nothing perfect about what's going on right now anywhere. So we want to make this the best the best career opportunity of your lifetime, but you got to work with us. And that, that kind of brings me to some of the harder areas of what it is that you do, because you're in this balancing act between the business and all the human elements. And you're also in a highly competitive world of advertising and technology and all of these things are converging at the same time. How do you deal with either the person who is not delivering on what it is, especially if they are a leader? I know that 
one of the themes that is ever present in the organization is making sure that that toxicity, whether it be a person or some other strain of it, is is removed. But how do you deal with that when you are queen empathy and in charge of all these hearts? How how does that affect you, and how do you actually deliver that that not so fun news? So so. I'll break it down this way. Empathy is an emotion. We all have access to empathy. The output of empathy and the actions of empathy are kindness and compassion. I can do that. We learn how to be kind and compassionate when we're two, right? 18 months, two, two and a half. We all have that ability. So the way I go into those conversations, and in fact, I just had one of those, is you already know I'm kind. You've already spent enough time with me or you've heard enough about me in the workplace that you know I am here to literally partner with you to make this the best ever for you and for us. So you already know that about me. And my energy is that, which I said in the beginning, how can I show up so that you feel like I've got your, a hand on your shoulder and I got you and you're safe? And then you have that conversation. The conversation I just had with a very senior leader is you can no longer talk about someone's physical appearance, even if you mean it in a funny way, even if you blah, 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 you can no longer from here on out talk about someone's physical appearance. Now, that might be a no brainer to you and me, but it's not to everyone. And so that was a conversation. We had a, we had a bunch of things to talk about. And at the end, I said, hey, I'd love to give you some, a piece of feedback. This person's open to it. I said, you know, please don't do this anymore. This is how it's making that person feel. And they don't feel comfortable to come to you at this point. Mm. You know, or when I have to, you know, have harder conversations with people, like the fact that you're a micromanager or the fact that you are... Um, whatever it is, is, is a vulnerability here. It's a real vulnerability. The fact that people feel like you're a bully, that's a vulnerability for you. So let's talk about how is this, how, how do you think this is showing up? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. Let's think about it. Let's really talk about it. Let's see if that person has the awareness. So that's all kindness and compassion and empathy with honesty in it. And by the way, it's subjective opinion. Like, right. I mean, this person that said, I don't want this person talking about my physical appearance anymore. That's their own opinion. I'm saying, listen, don't do it because your subjective opinion about how they look or how they walk is affecting them. Don't do it. Just don't do it. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of, I don't even think it's, I don't think, I don't think of it as balance. I think of it as just being kind and compassionate and wanting the best wanting like the win-win for everyone. That's, that's what I do. And, and, you know, I know that there are people that will look at this, uh, my wonderful job title and be like, Oh, it's ooey gooey and sweet and sticky and whatnot. And there's like nothing sweet and sticky about me, but there is something kind and compassionate about me. That's the difference. Explain the difference. And, Explain the yeah. difference because for all those people that are thinking this is like a super woo woo conversation, like, not no what is this what is what where is the where is the egalitarian acceptance around this as the currency because 
this human-centered design, human-centered organizations, empathetic leaders, these have been catchphrases or vernacular terms that have been floating around. And it's not until a big leader gets up on the stage and says, hey, this is my number two person. This is Claude Silver. She's like, this is not our CFO. This is not our COO. This is for real because we know it. You know it. People left and right. I mean, forget about the quiet quitting and all that kind of stuff. But we're here at the end of 2023. And we're about to go into another quote unquote peak, peak hiring season. It's going to happen in January you know, at the end of this year. And people are going to be, you know, assessing organizations. They're going to be assessing themselves. So how do we make this have the footing, legitimacy, real deal that you actually experience, but not as much in other organizations, especially, you know, Fortune 500s and, and so on and so forth. Yeah. Well, it's a non-negotiable here. So you're not going to stay at VaynerMedia, nor are you going to come here if you are a uh, disbeliever. If you are a cynic, it's really not going to work. I just got to tell you, it's not. Um, and if you're a no person with a limited mindset, if you are a yes and, and if you see possibility or you're interested in learning how to see possibility, then you come aboard, please, by all means. But I will ask you, you will be asked time and time again, whether or not it is as clear as day or in other ways that we expect you to show up as a Vayner citizen. And that is being the bigger person in every situation or trying to be taking accountability communicating honestly, openly, and being a leader because we look at leadership. Everyone's a leader. You're the CEO of your own life, right? I'm the CEO of my own life. So how do you do that? And how are you, again, this goes back to how are you going to show up every single day? And are we going to be able to find a, a, a shared purpose together so that we can fly wingtip to wingtip? We can get into a brainstorming session. We can innovate on something that hasn't been cracked yet, but we need people to come along with us, to want to ride shotgun with us. If you want to be in the back seat with your iPad, that's a very different hire. Mm -hmm. You know, we don't, we're not necessarily looking for that. We want people that are going to come in and be curious and teach us things and push us as well, because it goes mm -hmm. back to who is the smartest person in the room, the room, the room is the sum of the parts is not Gary, not you, not me, all of us together. The thing I will say is uh, my belief is today in 2023, 2024, if you as a leader, a team leader, a department head, a C-suite, whatever, if you are not a high touch person, if you, if you do not have the capability of reaching out and saying, hey, how are you? I'd love to get 15 minutes with you. Texting someone, hey, how are you? Just thinking about you, catch up with me. Then I don't know what your work life is gonna be like. This is what is being asked for. This is these, and, and when I say these, I'm talking about the Gen X, Gen Zs 
and younger millennials, not Gen Xers. No one gave a shit what we were doing, right? Excuse my French. No one asked us. No one cared. I have a splinter. No one cares. Now we all care about your splinter. All I want to tell you is I care so much about your splinter. I want to empower you to go to that first aid kit and go get the tweezer and the alcohol and take care of it. And I know you can. Mm. But Very you have different. to spend enough you got to spend enough time with people in order to do that. I can't just say that to the person that walks in my door and I have no idea what they're about. I have no idea if where their triggers or their trauma might be. I have no idea if they just got the worst feedback or the worst phone call from their parent. You know, I don't know that unless I'm spending time with them, whether or not it's on a zoom or in the room and they deserve that. These people deserve that from their leadership. They're not robots. We are not cogs in any wheel. We are in the age of heart. We are in the age of intuition. We are in the age of emotional intelligence. And like, God, sky's the limit. Sky's the limit. So what I'd like to do is bring this heart home and ask you just a couple of quick questions with respect to you and you and you. So here we go, Claude. If there is one book that you recommend, whether it be for leaders or somebody else who is really like they are just not going to risk seeking out a right culture, what might that be? Is there a book or something that they should dive into or should they just really rely on their instincts? Oh, gosh, I don't think you have to be alone. That's the thing. No one needs to suffer or struggle alone. So Radical Acceptance, Tara Brock, phenomenal book. Uh, A Whole New Mind, Dan Pink, changed my life when I read it. All of a sudden, I was like, oh, my God, there is a place for me in this world Mm -hmm. of being a, a, you know, a creative thinker. Uh, Those are any Brene Brown book. I mean, You Are a Badass. We talked about that before. Yep. Um, So... I, and my, my choice is skewed towards the more emotional, I would say, but I'm not talking self-help. I'm talking like radical acceptance by Tara Brock is a way to understand who you are and to find a way to accept and forgive yourself. You know, all of the Brene Brown stuff is talking about shame and vulnerability as courage. That's where we are today. That's where we are. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. And um, I've read those books and great, great, great choices. I'll say that, and I mentioned this earlier, that You Are a Badass was one of those books that pulled me out of the gutter and got my head screwed on, at least temporarily, (laughs) enough to be able to embark on what I'm doing today. And, you know, dear listeners, Please take these suggestions seriously because in the quiet of your own mind and getting lost in a book or an audiobook can really it can it can sink into your pores in a way that can like reach you when other things can't and that's always why I want to bring these things up because a lot of times when I'm listening I'm like oh this person's talking to me and that feels so intimate and so nurturing And I think that when we are in those places, we just need to surround ourselves with positivity. The other, the other thing I always like to know, because I'm, I play professional air guitar by myself is, um, 
What is your walk-up song? Mm. I have two of them at this moment. I have um, uh, Float On by Modest Mouse. Mm. And I, look, I'm a girl of the 80s uh, in a big country by big country, the beginning. Oh, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, who was it's, that that did that song? Is it In a Big Country? Yeah, R.E.S.B. Wing? Is no, it? no, no. They, although I, I pick an REO. No, uh, Big Country is the name of the band and the yeah, song. And the, and the song, right. They, but, I mean, REO Speedwagon, don't get me started. I mean, I've been no. around for you. I've been oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then the last thing is, what post-it should people either put on their nearby desktop or some reminder to themselves, whether you're a leader or whether you're in the search that speaks to some of the messages and some of the direction that you offered. You are enough is always going to be a great one. You are enough or you matter. Mm. Anything that is going to illuminate and reflect back recognition of you is highly important. And I used to have those post-its all over the place. I really did. You are enough and you matter. You are here for a reason. You don't need to figure it out today or tomorrow, but just know you matter. I mean, you just set yourself up for this. Why did you have all those post-its all over the place? Because I did too. So how did <laughs> like? You just opened that right up. Yeah. Tell me. Well, I, I've had a wonderful, long and windy road with tons of potholes and, a, and incredible vistas. And there have been times in my life where I have stayed a long time in a pothole and needed to needed help to get out of the pothole. There you go. And by the way, that's okay. That it's- is normal. Yes. That is Absolutely. normal. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that because you really brought me back to another couple of chapters ago when I had a post-it wall um, in, in a very dark place. And, and I needed to go back and read those every so yeah. often and, you know, yes. just just keep those top of mind. And I, I, I just think even in today's world, no matter how good it is, no matter how great it is, we all need those messages um, to and for ourselves. Claude Silver, where should we come find you? And come like, I know you're empathetic me. and everything, but nobody was uh, going to show up at your doorstep or anything. Yeah, like that. I just um, wanna, where should people come in, like get more, more Claude Silver? Yeah. Uh, LinkedIn's a huge place for me. LinkedIn um, and anyone that writes, I write back. It might take me a little bit of time, but that's awesome. Uh, that's probably the primary place. Uh, Instagram is kind of a little bit more like personal, I'd say, but uh, go to my website, claudesilver.com. It's pretty easy, although it's going to be revamped soon. But Instagram, I mean, uh, LinkedIn. Just LinkedIn. Hit me up. I'd love to hear what you're all up to. You're wonderful. Really, from the bottom of my heart over to yours, I'm sending it your way. And oh, you got it. (laughs) What a catch. Um, I really, I I adore you and what you're doing. 
And I feel comfortable enough saying that even though I don't know you know you, I'm grateful because you've made yourself so accessible in your vulnerability and in your thought leadership. And I do feel like you're talking to each one of us so kindly and compassionately. And thanks for making some time to, to talk today and to bring your wise, wise, wise words and wisdom um, to all of our listeners. So we're going to sign off right now. And thank you all for listening to this amazing episode. If you want to do us a solid and film my heart, um, please go ahead and write a quick Apple review. We're getting there. We're like at 95 um, reviews and we've been only around since March. So we're working it and we really, really, really appreciate you and all you're doing. And, uh, Go get them, all right, with all your heart. Talk soon. Thank you for joining today. We appreciate your listening ears. Big time. We ask this. Use these tools, not tomorrow, right now, and share them by spreading the love. Leaving us a rating and subscribe so you don't miss the next career blast in a half. Most of all, thank you for you.